Hello everybody, this is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for August 6th, 2018. This is the 48th, 47th recorded uh, Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly. So if you're interested in hearing more about CircuitPython, what's going on in the community, please check out uh, the Adafruit YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Adafruit. You'll find a playlist there with all our back catalog of these weekly meetings. They happen Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Everybody is invited to join us on Discord, both during the week and in the voice chat for the meeting itself. Um, to join our Discord, you can go to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. That's the short link that will get you into our Discord server. A lot of us are there all week long, so you can chat with us there in the text chat, and then we'll hop in the, the voice chat uh, on Monday mornings to go over the CircuitPython weekly. Uh, this meeting is split into four parts. We start with a quick state of circuit Python, uh, plus all its libraries. It's based on a, a script that I run that pulls a bunch of statistics. Um, so I'll go over that shortly. And then after that, uh, we do hug reports, which is everybody gets a chance to say uh, thank you to other people in the community for the really cool work that they've been doing. Um, it's done in a round robin format where I will start and then I'll talk or I'll read off any any from other people in the uh, who weren't able to make the meeting. If they they let me know what their hug reports were, I'll read those off. And then we'll go down the list in the CircuitPython voice channel. Uh, after we do hug reports, we'll do um, state or not state uh, status updates, which is kind of what you've been working on in the last week and what you plan on working on this week. It's a good way to keep track of what everybody's working on and give tips and tricks on, on issues that people might run into. And then the last section is just a, a simple discussion section for anything that we thought would be kind of a longer discussion that came up earlier. Um, and we'll cover that at the end. Um, as we go through the meeting, I'll be taking um, time codes, which is a way for you to search in the video after the fact and figure out what you want to listen to uh, based on the notes. So uh, after the, after we're done here, uh, feel free to go to the Adafruit YouTube or in Discord, I post the link as well to, to the recording, and then that re recording link will have a link to the notes. So you can check that out. Uh, let's get going. Um, State of Circuit Python. Uh, this is pretty incredible. Uh, but in the last week, as of last night, we've had 65 pull requests merged, uh, which is an epic, epic number. Um, and I just want to shout out Katni and Brennan for many, many, many of those pull requests because uh, they've been working on getting all of the CircuitPython libraries in PyPI. Uh, so that was a huge amount of work. Uh, but overall, there, there were seven authors for, for those 65 pull requests and five reviewers. So uh, thank you to everybody. And as always, reviewers particularly are welcome. Um, we've had 15 new PRs in the last uh, last week, I believe, as well, which doesn't seem right. That number must be wrong. Um, and we have 26 open pull requests. So if you're interested in seeing the full list of what those 26 are, check the notes. It's in there. Uh, Issues-wise, in the last week, we've had seven closed issues and eight by four people, and we had eight opened by seven people um, for a total of 133 open issues, which is about where we were last week. So um, no big changes there. And uh, 
download stats wise uh our current release we only really have one um is the 3.0.0 release and uh it's 2800 down 2807 downloads as of now which i think is about 800 more than last week so uh still growing at a good clip a lot of those are circuit playground express um if you want to see the full breakdown again check the notes and i'll skip over the library stuff uh, in general, uh, we're still in this phase of uh, we finished 3.0. We're, we're talking more seriously about having it 3.0.1 for a couple bugs that have come up, but they're not super urgent. That's why it hasn't been done yet. Um, so expect to see a 3.0.1 this week just to uh, put a little polish on uh, things like the imports being slow. Uh, NeoPixels are having some trouble on M4, and there's an issue with uh, the UART class and the memory long-lived stuff. So um, we'll do a 301 for that. And then uh, 40 is is uh, starting to ramp up. It's highlighting the NRF52840. Uh, so looking to get a lot done on that in the next month or month and two uh, to get that going. So that's where we're at with Data Circuit Python. Um, now we'll do hub reports which is a chance for everybody to say thank you to uh, others for the work that they've been doing. Um, and we'll do it in a round robin. So I'll start, cover the people who weren't able to make it, and then we'll go to Brennan. So uh, I'll go first here after I take another time code. Um, first and foremost, again, Katney and Brennan, thank you, thank you, thank you for the PyPI work. Um, it's been amazing uh to see all that go through and I, I know we've had a lot of people already using it so it's super valuable uh so thank you for that um i wanted to do a shout out to owen on github who did a their first pull request to the learn repo for an audio out fix that was something that we broke with 3.0 that we didn't know about uh, so we got we got that fixed so uh, there's a learn guide out there somewhere that uh, is now up to date for 3.0, which is good. And th thanks to Owen for that. Um, I wanted to say thank you to Jerry for the TMP TMP 007 PR. It's not quite done yet, but uh, Jerry's been really responsive on that, and I appreciate it. It's a new driver, so that's really helpful. And then uh, lastly, for myself, I wanted to say thanks to Notro, Jerry, and Dan for the stack size tweaks. Um, it's related to some, I changed the room we, we allocated for the stack in the current master and, and Notre Jerry and Dan f found that it was a little too, sh too small. And so they did some analysis and tweaked it for me. So I, I appreciate that. Um, so now on to people who weren't able to make it, but wanted to, to give hug reports anyway, which is, um, always welcome, of course. Uh, Jerry wasn't able to make it and just said uh, thanks to Scott for reviewing the TMP 007 PR and a group hug to everybody. Um, oh, that's not eight. Get my time codes right. Um, so D Farning, who used to be known as 3Bits, uh, said special thanks to Dan for rebasing off the latest upstream MicroPython. That is a thankless task that requires great patience. Um, Luckily, in this community, it's not a thankless task, but it's definitely a, uh, a grungy task for sure. So uh, it's always good to highlight that. So totally agree. And then um, Akuzatuna, 
Lana, who is um, Phil. Should just say Phil. Uh, <laughs> listening today only says uh, hugs to Katney for blasting out so many library fixes over the weekend. And those of you in the chat have seen that as well. Um, that reminds me that if you aren't don't have a, a mic available, feel free to just type it in as we go through the list, and I'll read it off for you instead. Um, but that's it for folks who weren't able to make it, so let's go to Brennan. Uh, yeah, so again, Katni, for all the software bureaucracy stuff with PyPI, um, and also just for being patient while we communicated all the finicky little details of that process. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carter. Just another group hug for me this week. Thank you. Uh, C. Grover. Yeah, group hug for the, for everybody this week. I'm really enjoying and benefiting from the Discord community, getting a lot of help that I need. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Uh, Dakota. Is your mic working? Yeah, the mic's working, but the person in the chair is not. Uh, <laughs> just a general group hug to the community uh, for all of the work that they're doing on all these great projects, just inspiring the heck out of me to to, to get out of the chair and get busy to get learning so I can contribute. Awesome. Well, thanks for making the meeting again. It's great to have you. Um, okay, Dan. I guess I have a lot. Uh, thanks to Jerry again for finding bugs were always where we thought there were none and then uh, <laughs> thanks to you scott for doing all this code restructuring and refactoring and stuff which is really technical debt that is being erased which is really good um thanks to uh jeff epler for finding the long-lived bug and mm -hmm. thanks to katney for doing this incredible job of plowing through dozens and dozens of libraries to get them on PyPy, yeah. which is a very high leverage thing because it'll really open up people being able to use our boards on other platforms. Mm -hmm. And the library work that people have already put in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Uh, the Shippu. Okay, so I wasn't paying attention for the last two weeks before the conference. Recovering mm -hmm. from it. But uh, a grab hack, grab hack for, for everyone. Uh, and thanks for, for releasing 3.0 and now 3.1 soon, I suppose. <laughs> thank you. And thanks again for doing the EuroPython meetup. It was great to see people in here working on it. And then, okay, Phil's I read, so it's Katni. So thanks to Brennan for all of the tandem PyPI work, reviews and merges on so many pull requests. Um, and thanks to Scott and Brennan for getting me spun up on PyPI. Um, it's definitely a finicky, very, a lot of very small moving parts. Um, still questions uh, that I have, but obviously those will get covered. But um, thank you guys both for um, being patient with me as well as uh, I learned all of the tiny bits that needed to be done. Mm. Um, so thanks. No problem. All right, Mike. Well, it was Catney uh, and Brennan that blew up my uh, <laughs> email this weekend. I mean, I, I 
have a tablet off to the side and it's not the volume's not like set or weird or something but it was just going bing 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 <laughs> uh but no the 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 hard work behind the the sound effects was was awesome so the two of you get great kudos for that i know dan's been also working hard and of course you um so um but i mean the the community's been really pitching in as far as finding things and and again adafruit does not take you know prs or anything like oh my gosh what are you doing criticizing my code it's like no we we definitely think of this as a community joint effort and when somebody finds something it's like sure we will look at it we're we're human we will we will um, most likely shake our heads up and down and say yes we we didn't factor this in or oops you know this this changing that variable doesn't actually change anything in the code or something like that yeah which has happened several times right. um so so guys i mean uh thank you very much to those on chat today and those listening um it's a very important part of what we've been doing yes yes thanks mike yeah okay roy um for me it's mostly just a group hug although i wanted to um I, for everybody for continuing to do a great job and also being patient while I disappeared for uh, being busy for the past month or so. Another also group hug to everybody for the fact that it was very easy to merge master into my latest work and continue working with a few conflicts. Yay. That's always good. And welcome back from vacation. I hope you are refreshed. Although it sounds like you were busy, not just for vacation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. And uh, so SDW is lurking. Uh, Scott's lurking. So Summersoft. Usually text only. So we're just waiting. Summersoft is typing. And I will read it off. Let's just surprise them. Oh no, pasting, copy and paste fail. Uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, the recording of this is actually both video and audio. So if you want to follow along in the chat after the fact, you should look up the video on YouTube or take a look at your take a look at your screen because I don't think you can listen to it any other way okay uh, Summersoft says group hug I vacationed more than anticipated this week and that sounds like a wonderful problem to have <laughs> I would be okay with vac vacationing more than I expected I, that seems like a reasonable thing to do alright well thank you Summersoft and uh, let's move on uh, the next uh, section is status updates which is similar to the first section where we do a round robin um, but this time we'll talk about what we've been working on, what we got finished, and ooh, that's a very nice view. Um, what we've been working on and what we plan, <laughs> what we plan on working on uh, in the coming week. It's really good if people can be like, oh, I know about this or that, and give tips and tricks, uh, or make sh and also make sure that no nobody's working on the same thing as somebody else. So. Uh, very common software engineering thing. Uh, so I'll start. 
Um, I got the memory allocation changes in, so you can act in in master. You can now actually change the stack size um, using supervisor dot the set next stack limit, something like that. Uh, take a look in the docs. Um, and what that will do is that that actually changes how much we set aside for the Python and C stack. And uh, as a result, that actually changes the uh, heap size now, which is pretty interesting. So this allows people to actually decide um, where they want their memory to go. Uh, so the heap is no longer a static uh, care array as it is in, in 3x. Um, so that's exciting, and that should enable us to do things like dynamic USB descriptors and dynamic um, like code dot or like main Python file to run, like change that name. Um, so that's that's checked in. Along with that, I did a couple other um, kind of easy easy code cleanliness sort of things, I guess. Uh, one is I got the a, a like fifteen second build speed up by. Uh, changing the way that the keystring preprocessing works. So when we generate a list of the keystrings, which are interned, um, we actually run the C preprocessor over all those files. And uh, I just did a quick thing of like, if there's no keystrings in the file, we don't need to preprocess it. <laughs> and so that sped it up, which was nice. And then um, I also reduced the pin object size a bit by removing the Q-string reference in favor of just looking through the microcontroller dictionary. Uh, the Q-string references are, are two bytes, so that helped a bit. And then I also bit-packed the TCC um, to gain a byte. Or actually, I think it was more like three bytes because um, struct alignment stuff. Um, what I'm working on now, the other big thing is we're doing uh, internationalization, which I don't think I've mentioned much to everybody here, but if you speak another language um, and you're interested in helping uh, translate the both the core like core messages around like click this to auto reload and press any button to, to enter the REPL, those sorts of things, um, plus actually all of the error messages as well. Um, let me know and I can get you a PO file and we can start to get those those going. Um, hoping to have that PR out today. I just got one final like niggly uh, Travis thing to get going before before it's going. Um, after that, uh, circle and text drawing uh, is what I'm. Uh, Lady Ada wanted me doing more graphicsy stuff, so I'm planning on on doing that. But um, I'm also going to be looking at the two outstanding issues. Uh, the NeoPixels on M4 and the uh, the lifetime the UART lifetime stuff that Jeff Epler's been doing really good investigation on. I'm gonna do those two as well and get a 301 out so that we can get those few bugs fixed. Um, and then lastly, uh, string compression that I was working on to to get more code size. I'm I'm putting it on hold. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna do it. I just not I'm not gonna do it immediately. I'm gonna basically like put it up my sleeve so that when we need a few thousand bytes, uh, we can we can bust that up. Um, okay, that's sorry, that's long-winded, but that's what I'm up to. Um, I'm gonna now read off the, for the folks that uh, weren't able to make it. So uh, Jerry N says, uh, finally got TMP 007 driver submitted PR in review. Won't be able to test much for the next few weeks. We'll concentrate on reading slash learning. Um, 
Um, D Farning says, uh, also known as three bits, as a Rosie status. Been trying to get Rosie set up. Uh, said, spent most of last week experimenting with development hardware in a development environment. My current approach is to rewrite the logic of Rosie CI using the structure and best practices of Miguel Grinberg's book at flaskbook.com and learning Git. Um, and then I'm going to skip Phil's update until we circle back to him. Um, so yeah, that's those are the folks that weren't able to make it. And now we'll go to Brennan. Okay. Uh, mostly have been reviewing and merging pull requests from Katni on the PyPI stuff. Mm -hmm. And also... I have a long to-do list of libraries um, sort of in Lemora's preferred order based on what people have been requesting and stuff. Um, right. So I'm going to be running those on the Pi, hooking up the hardware and testing it, assuming that I have the hardware um, mm -hmm. and doing stuff like fritzing diagrams, uh, guide updates, um, and readme updates to some extent. Awesome. That's super helpful. I know the Pi community will be re really excited about that. And it'd be worth um, letting the Pi Moroni people know about it too, because they do so much Pi, Pi driver stuff. If we could get them on board, that'd be cool. Um, they're Pi. Once, we get, a little, once mm -hmm. we get a little more momentum, maybe we'll be drawing some attention to it, I think. Totally. Yeah, their Pi Cade looks really cool too, if you haven't, haven't seen it. Um, okay, Carter. Um, nothing new. Uh, the one thing that I would start working on, I, I kind of lost track of where uh, Brent was with his MCP work on that ADC. Mm -hmm. Did uh, is that is that been finished up? Um, I got back to Brent on a PR, and I haven't looked. I don't think he's gotten back to me. Okay, so that's still kind of in work then. It is, yes. Okay, cool. As so far yeah, as I'm I just, remember. As soon as that gets kind of like finalized, then I'll roll those kind of whatever changes back into ADS. So I'm still on hold for that. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. Cool. Thanks, Carter. Um, T. Grover. been working on uh, audio details for my musical synth. Um, right now, working on some CircuitPython, I2S, and DAC output um, ideas and uh, ran into some interesting issues with audio IO and um, audio out mm -hmm. and doing some testing on that right now having fun though um, i designed a couple of new euro rack pcbs um still learning the euro rack environment um, mm -hmm. for musical synths and processors and things like that I'm getting a lot of help still from old crow and from uh john park because they they both have a lot more experience than i have i'm mm. still learning and I'm waiting for vendors to deliver things. That's the, <laughs> you know, tapping my fingers. And I have plenty of yard work to keep me busy. So, <laughs> so the, uh, in the future, it's going to be to continue uh, ironing out some of that CircuitPython audio output stuff. And I think there's a lot of potential there for smoothing out the signals and getting rid of that initial pop and, right. and things like that. So it's, you know, it really looks like we can uh, produce something that may produ produce some more professional kind of outputs mm -hmm. audio-wise. Cool. Yeah, totally. And, like, I've been brainstorming about, like, doing a mod tracker and that sort of stuff, um, similar to, like, the Pico 8 has and things like that. Yeah, I think um, there's a there's a whole, there's a huge community out there on the Teensy side of things 
yeah. using their libraries that are in the Arduino or in the C++ environment that yep. could easily come across to CircuitPython. It, it mm -hmm. makes it so much easier to do things like sequencers and arpeggiators and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff in CircuitPython. Just so simple. Now we just need to get the signal processing down. Yeah, Paul's library, the Teensy library, is really, really cool, but Lamore wanted to just port it over, and I looked at it, and it's like so much of its work is done at compile time um, that I, I don't know if we'll, we'd be able to adapt it. But, well, yeah. I think, you know, the first thing is to deal with, um, at least in the synthesizer environment, to deal with control voltages because... Mm -hmm. CircuitPython is just perfect for that. So sequencers, arpeggiators, that kind of stuff. The second mm -hmm. thing to look at is you know, audio signal processing. And I think I think you guys have the right approach. You start with being able to play a sample, be able to play a wave file, and, mm -hmm. and call that good. And then later on, we'll talk more about signal processing. Yeah, totally. Good. Well, I'm glad glad to get your brain on this. It's, it's going to be really fun. It I is fun. I have my, uh, I don't know if you saw show and tell last week, but I got my uh, PSS 140 Yamaha keyboard that I want to hack and put CircuitPython in as well. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It, I I was uh, I was lusting over that just a little bit, and then I remembered I have other projects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I do have, you know, I do have a, a Feather M0 to MIDI interface. Nice. Um, that I've been using. And, and also... Um, Trinket M0 to Feather, or to to a MIDI interface. So if mm -hmm. you need any help with that part of it, I've got a lot of stuff that's been working here, and I've got boards out on Oshpark that can do that stuff. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking like a MIDI Featherwing would be neat too. Got one. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, All it's right. out there on it's out there on Oshpark somewhere. Okay. Well, we'll talk more uh, for sure. I'm I I don't have the cycles right now to do it, but uh, we'll definitely circle back to it. Um, thanks, Seagrover. Uh, okay, Dakota says uh, no status, not working on anything, just playing. And so we'll go to Dan. Hi, so uh, a bunch of miscellaneous things. There was a lot of, been doing a lot of work on Windows drivers that are in the Arduino board support packages because those drivers were inadvertently making uh, C play boot not work on the circuit playground express. Mm -hmm. And we have to push up a change for that. So testing that. Um, we have, there's this utility from Nordic for the NRF52 chips called NRF Util. And um, Lemore updated it to Python 3. And we're, we uh, made a release to go on PyPy. And I'm working on some stuff to build a Windows and Mac executables that are self-contained. So that people don't have to install Python and deal with pip and things like that just to use mm -hmm. NRFU, mm -hmm. which is particularly for the NR, not so much for the 52840 because it's going to have UF2 bootloader, but for the 52832 right. and Arduino, it's useful. And I'm going to start working on um, various more NRF52 implementing. There's a long list of issues, of things to be implemented for the NRF52. Mm -hmm. boards for 4.0 so mm -hmm. that's that's coming up <laughs> it's it's rapidly approaching i think that's right yeah and i'll be i'll be away next monday i'll be on vacation but i'll be back the following monday okay so you're gone for the week there 
I'm down for the Saturday to Saturday. So, yeah. Right. I thought I put that okay. on my calendar. All right. Thanks, Dan. Um, okay. Radomir Deshipu. Okay. I'm still working on that uh, standalone version of the Pew Pew uh, console Ooh. thing for, for teaching games. Okay. It currently looks something like this. And uh, I'm trying to make it as cheap as possible, hmm. uh, for sure, below $10 a piece. So I, I got rid of the chip that drives the uh, LED matrix, and I'm now writing a C library for C++ Python that will drive the matrix cool. in software. With cool. Uh, one problem I have, I have to redesign the PCB because uh, I got it to work with, with uh, on and off, for pixels, but uh, it's too slow to do PWM. Hmm. On, on the, uh, I'm using the system tick uh, timer for it, so right. it's only one millisecond. So it's it's too slow for that. And the plan is to use PWM, like the hardware PWM on the pins. Yep. Instead. So, uh, but but uh, I use pins that don't support PWM. So Oops. I, I, I need to redesign. Yeah. And the second thing, I, I, I'm wondering, because I'm also playing a bit with cherry flexing right now. And with cherry flexing, the problem is you need to switch between on and high Z, or off and high Z, mm -hmm. instead of between on and off. And I'm, I I didn't look into the data sheet yet, but uh, perhaps something like that is supported in PWM. It would be very nice to have something like that. Not that I know uh, of. Yeah, it, it sounds like a strange thing to, to have. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, and another thing is that there is uh, uh, going to be a super conference uh, this year soon in, in Los Angeles, organized by Hackaday IO. Mm -hmm. And they asked me about uh, a PCB with Circuit Python that I made some time ago. And perhaps if, if, if that works, they will include that into the swipe packs. Cool. So it looks like this. Oh, uh, nice. Actually, not, not this scope. But if, if you click on the link, it, it shows a different image, the, the Jolly Rancher one. Okay. So I, I, uh, I based uh, the idea on, on the Gemma a little bit with the, with the uh, contact packs. On. So that's it. That's super cool. Ah, yeah, I see. Open the link. Ah, great job. Always cool to see what you're working on. Deshipu. Um, okay. Uh, who's the Tuana? Uh, said listening only today. No update. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Jeff, do you have status update? Nope. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Katni. So it's been all PyPI. Um, it, there's so much to it. I made a massive spreadsheet, which is literally the fanciest spreadsheet I've ever made. <laughs> uh, it's got checkboxes and they change color. Woo. Um, so been working through all the steps on that. I'm about, if you just, just based on the PRs that are in, um, I'm about halfway done. Uh, based on the actual uh, PyPI stuff being 
set up and deployed, I'm about a third of the way done. Um, I'm running into pilot errors as I go, and mm -hmm. some of them are, I think I know how to fix them, but they would require testing. So I'm disabling, um, I'm commenting in the code that it needs to be refactored when it can be tested, and yep. there's a checkbox on the spreadsheet for needs to be refactored. So yep. when we're done with all this, we need to circle back um, and take a look at those because it's um, not great. Yeah. This is just not a great way to do it. <laughs> it's fine for now, um, though. Yeah, but it's just I'm, I'm making a note of it so that we know to um, to come back to it. And there's a few that I did before um, that I did not make a note of, so I need to go back through, I think, like 15 or 20 libs and figure out which ones I did that on and, mm. and make a note of those just yeah. so we've got it all in one place. Right. Um, and so we're also adding in to add um, read the docs to uh, all the guides for mm -hmm. all the sensors. Um, so that we don't have to explain every little bit. Um, people can just go to read the docs and figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, so the immediate future is still more um, PyPI deployment and checking and Travis and releases and pull requests um, and getting all that set up because we're just trying to plow through all of the libraries. Right. Um, and I have a couple questions about a couple libs um, that I think are basically the same question. If we could talk about that at the end, that would be good. Okay. Um, and other than that, that's pretty much what's going on with me. Yeah, but it's like you've been working heads down on stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's it, and and frankly, the, the spreadsheet's handy because it keeps track of where I am, but it also shows a big green block of things I've done. So it's it's also very uh, rewarding. Yeah, very. <laughs> because I can I can look at it and go, oh look, look at this. It's almost halfway green. Yep. Hooray, because, you know, that's the kind of thing that we need to see to actually, you know, yeah. think that we're getting anything done. Totally. Well, keep up the so, great work. Thanks. Will do. All right, Mike. All right. Um, I put a couple of, of uh, things on Discord. Um, we have our Python on microcontrollers newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, it's... The growth has been about double what the other newsletters are currently pulling. Um, it's uh, been fairly popular, but it's still trailing a little bit because it was the last one introduced. So uh, I just want to put a plug in for if anybody didn't know that Adafruit was uh, doing a spam-free, ad-free, never sell your name or otherwise use your email address for anything other than sending you an awesome newsletter once a week on Python and microcontrollers and related information, go to adafruitdaily.com. It's a separate domain just for this. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you can sign up for the Python newsletter, and there's some other newsletters. Again, it's all the same, no spam, no anything. And we will send you information for free and let you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, okay, besides that, um, we finally got approval, and now CircuitPython is on the awesome list um, after a long time trying to get it there and saying we're going to be there. Um, mm -hmm. We're on there. Uh, uh, the maintainer of the awesome lists uh, has, I don't know, um, they have like 
a bazillion different open source things that they work on mm -hmm. and i wasn't really aware but uh you know finding like all of us finding enough cpu cycles in daily life to focus on any one thing can be difficult but uh mm -hmm. actually we pitched in and helped on a couple of their they want uh they want people to help them with their pull requests so they can then have enough time to work on your pull request, which is fair enough. So mm -hmm. um, Lady Ada and I uh, uh, did that uh, for a couple of related uh, uh, projects. So cool. um, we're always glad to pitch in. So we're on there now. Uh, um, and uh, I've been, I'm, most of my work that you might see on Adafruit is mostly tutorial related. Um, what most of the stuff now tutorial wise, we're trying to write both in Microsoft Make Code and CircuitPython doing similar, if not the same thing. Right. So if, if anybody is kind of at the beginner level or, you know, the Make Code is their speed, then they've got that. If somebody wants to, um, go the Python route, which uh, has a lot more flexibility as far as uh, adapting it to their own uses or, uh, you know, it, I don't, I'm talking to the right crowd, um, <laughs> that there's the Python uh, source code also. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of the tutorials were making kind of like the, the teach you one thing well kind of thing. So. Uh, right. You know, like uh, we did, uh, make it a keyboard and make it a mouse. So they they show you the the code to say, okay, I want to emulate a keyboard. I want to emulate the mouse. And so, if say somebody were to do an assistive technology project or project where they needed to get input into a computer, mm -hmm. which you know, it's always for me, it's like, oh, it should be easy to get things into a big computer from a little computer and mm -hmm. it turns out no it, it unless, you know there's no gpio on a big computer so yeah. you just find ways to do it and something like usb and hid mm -hmm. is a lot easier to do now with things like circuit python than it ever was with arduino um, i think that's where we're leveraging some of the the power in today's projects so okay. um so keep an eye out on the Adafruit learning system for tutorials that uh, may have code that might help you with specific things. You'll find those are also being sprinkled in as well as the other types of projects where it says, okay, I want to build, uh, you know, I, we've got some IR stuff. Thanks to, I did some work and Katni did some work and, uh, um, somebody else we did a lot of ir stuff so there wasn't much ir um mm. code out there as far as you know how do you actually uh use it right. and now we have a number of things that show you both kind of the the basics and katney's essentials and then how to make fun things like uh, uh zombies versus humans <laughs> kind of game you know so um we're hoping to cover everything. So awesome. that that's what's going on. 
Yeah, and if anybody wants to help out with the newsletter, it's done on GitHub. So yeah, if you're interested, reach out to us, and we'd love to have more contributors to the newsletter as well. Definitely, um, we, you know, we we've got our finger on the pulse of you know various things, but uh, uh, there's a lot of news we can miss, and also just fun things. I mean, you know, somebody builds a really cool. Uh, project uh using circuit python we want to see it you know it's like mm -hmm. hey we'll we'll, we'll uh, do that a lot of people are good at uh you know tweeting or other you know githubbing that hey i built something cool but some other people might not be and it's like hey just drop us a line we'll look at it and say hey yeah that's that's newsworthy so we'll put it in yeah totally all right thanks mike okay. thanks Scott. Um, roy so I resumed work on the pixel buff and RGB-led uh, classes. I'm currently working on implementing the pure Python pixel buff implementation. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, uh, as I do that, I'm realizing a few questions like, uh, what should I call um, the byte orders for dot stars that happen to have um, Red RGB and then brightness. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what it's not really alpha because it's not transparency, but it's um, and I also don't want horrible um, constant names and such. Mm -hmm. So if anyone has some good feedback on that, uh, we can talk about it afterwards. Um, I'm hoping to have the uh, pure Python pixel buff in place soon so I can finish doing sort of the refactor or creation of .star2 and NeoPixel2 that use the RGB-led base class instead. Right. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And sorry I didn't get back to you yet. Uh, just starting the meeting up. No, no problem. Um, OK, Summersoft, last but not least. Uh, STWD is lurking. Scott's lurking. OK, I'm going to take a time code. Summersoft says, again, not much progress this week. <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, Adabot patches. Uh, Code of Conduct patch was successful on all library repos. The Travis YAML patch for Pilot failed across the board. Realized the problem was the diff result during patch file creation. Basically included a line that was unique in each library. Hmm. Which raised the not applicable flag. I figured out how to make a patch file without the unique lines and how and how to run the git am so the error that the error isn't flagged currently working on adding command line arguments to the adabot script so that any necessary flags can be sent through to the am command should have a pr in this week um that's super cool um super valuable infrastructure there summersoft and then also uh summersoft says for frequency in only took like two momentary stabs at correcting the freq m interaction nothing to report beyond that awesome well thank you so much summersoft um and thank you everybody for your status updates it's very always exciting to hear all the different things that are going on uh, in circuit python land um so let's uh circle back to our discussion slash in the weeds section uh if i remember right we had two things come up katney had some questions about libraries and then Roy had some questions about naming. So uh, we'll start off with Katni. Um, also, Summersoft, real quick. I started, um, as I'm going through and doing all this PyPI stuff, I've been adding the uh, 
force the the pilot force reinstall line so it's not in all the libraries because i didn't start that initially but it's getting put into a lot of them i feel like having the infrastructure you're working on is still crucial for future things oh, i'm just letting sure. you know that i that with this particular thing i've been going through and, and doing it because we've been running into um pilot problems so yeah in an attempt to fix those, I've been adding that line. Cool. Yeah, that infrastructure right. is really handy. So the two questions that I have are about IR remote and GPS. Okay. And GPS um, imports time. It doesn't use anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, it apparently uses UART. Um, does that mean that it needs uh, Adafruit Blinka or no? It would need Adafruit Blinka for UART. Okay, because it doesn't actually import UART. Really? Anywhere. It gets passed in. It gets passed in, yeah. Oh. Then, then you wouldn't need it as a dependency. Okay. Since and it's not IR... imported. That's okay. So that's GPS. Okay. Um. Okay, and then IR Remote imports Array. Which is a built-in to Python. So it does need Blinka? It doesn't. Does not? Array, doesn't. Array should not be in Blinka. Okay, so neither of those two. So that was my that was my question. Um, those mm -hmm. two did not act the same as the rest. Um, yeah. So since I wasn't really sure what was going on with those, so those are the two that I skipped. Cool. Um, but, so that's my... But I have a question. But if, if can I say something? If, if GPS uses a UART object, then... It expects something that's going to act like a UART object. Mm -hmm. So, but the UART acts like a stream. Oh, just an ordinary stream. Okay. Yeah, I think UART's like there's that MicroPython helper that UART leverages to be able to do right. like read, read line, that sort of stuff. That's all Python stream stuff. So they don't have to use our right. imitation UART. Okay. We don't Sorry. need to. We don't need to. Like they likely do want to install Blinka themselves. And do it, but we yeah. don't need to force them to do that. They could use some other software. Is there is there something like suggested <laughs> as opposed to requirements? No, not uh, that I think. No, and I don't know. Suggested dot text. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think in the examples you just have to document that. Yeah, like your example requires it as well. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's okay, a good point. So for neither of those two have any. In so then. The in the setup.py, the install requires or whatever is just going to be brackets, right? Nothing in it. That's, yes. that's all I do. Okay. Yeah, if it's just like time and array which are built in, then yeah, then it shouldn't need anything. Okay. But it would be good to document somewhere that like you likely want to use it with this. Okay. Um. No idea where that would go. Um. That that would probably be in the readme. Or as a comment in the example, if we have an example. Okay. Or in the guide. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> well, that's like, so the, the problem is that's far out and I don't know where to like put, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where to write down that that needs to happen. Um, you can always, I mean, when in doubt, you can always create an issue on Python. <laughs> oh, all right. That like, sounds like a great idea. 
yeah and that goes for everybody like if you ever don't know where it goes like we can always put it there and we can move it elsewhere later or whatever it's better to have it in the wrong spot than not have it anywhere all right thank you all right let's go on to roy and pixel buff naming do you want to give us background on that roy not sure so um just for a bit more uh, background. Um, so the pixel buff as a C implementation of um, RGB LED matrix or strips um, to accelerate the um, pixel uh, or the byte order manipulation and brightness manipulations and support both single and double buffer operation. Um, double buffer operation lets you scale brightness with a single um, uh, property set. For the platforms that have enough, um, uh, I guess, memory on the, or flash, we'll be able to include the C-based pixel buff. And for the um, platforms that don't, there will be a uh, pure Python version that will hopefully fit into flash as well. Um, and the uh, one of the differences the sort of the combined library is trying to address is that different types of LED strips have different uh, byte order sets. Some are just simply RGB or BGR or so forth. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them also have a white byte, so then you have RGBW. And then finally, you've got ones like um, dot stars that are actually, um, there's two different dot stars that I know of. One is uh, RGB, or actually I think it's BGR, mm -hmm. and then a brightness byte. Uh, the brightness byte is actually not a full byte, it's actually um, 0 to 32 are the valid ranges on it. Mm -hmm. Some bits that are needed for indicating the, I think it's the start of the pixel or the end. I can't remember specifically. Hmm. And then there's also the white only versions of the dot star, although they behave like RGB, you just, they are just pure white. Right. Um, and so um, I've been one of the classes that exists in the pixel buff or RGB LED is. Um, the byte order information so it tells um, the underlying libraries which particular byte order you're running with and whether it has white or if it has um, I guess luminance or brightness or intensity or alpha mm -hmm. trying to um, trying to come up with a good constant name and I I don't like using B for brightness because then you end up <laughs> with like RGBB or R, uh, R BGB, and it's not going to be clear to people what that really means. Right. Um, then using A for alpha sort of um, throws me off a little bit for the, this is for the dot stars. Um, um, RGBW will be there for the strips that are RGBW, and the constant will set the has white bit to be true in the class. Right. But the has brightness is a different bit that I want to have. Um, yeah, I think so I've, just... I've seen two votes for intensity now. Dakota and Dan, I think, both suggested intensity. So RGBI or BGRI or so forth. I picked that one. And gives us an, a naming scheme that we can continue to extend. So if we end up with something that happens to be RGBW and I... <laughs> Because it's possible. <laughs> oh, lowercase i? That could work. 
I feel like if you do IRGB, then that's actually uh, an Apple product. <laughs> that would be, yeah, we might get in trouble for that. <laughs> I'm looking to see if there's any kind of standard out there already. A seems to be the standard in the graphics world, but it, like I said, it's not truly alpha here because it's, um, well, it's... Well, a is transparency rather than... Yeah. Yeah. I thought about going with the sort of the print world in K, but again, this isn't black. So there was I I I was I was just googling this, and some people say, or somebody says like that the brightness, the APA one hundred two brightness values actually when you kind of move it down you get flicker. You do. And I kind of remember that yeah that that, Lamore said. Uh, we don't use that because it's not very good or <laughs> something like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could put it in, but I'm not sure whether if it's sort of not recommended, whether we should bother. So if it's not a recommended way of adjusting the brightness. Uh, yeah, I was going to leave it in because that. it's feature complete to do it, though. Recommending yeah. people avoid it and simply use brightness um, would help. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things the new libraries will do is they'll be computing the relative brightness at set of a pixel as opposed to um, when you flush them all out like they used to. Or sorry, send them or, or show them. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we'll actually gain uh, some performance improvements uh, of that. Right. It's possible some people actually want the flickering effect to do uh, neat stuff because if you can, I can imagine somebody who's doing some persistence of vision stuff where they intentionally want, um, imagine a spinning strip of dot stars mm -hmm. and they want the, um, they want some of them to flash faster at the bottom of the stick than the ones at the top. So now you actually have a use for setting the per pixel uh, brightness um, to say one at one end of the stick and 32 at the other end of the stick. And now you've got completely different um, PWMs going on each of the different positions in the stick. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't addressed gamma yet in this library that I felt would be something we build on after we get um, feature parity with what currently exists but improve performance in the structure of the code library so that everything's shared. Uh, I, I'd like to ask about one thing. So since since I'm working on this matrix writing uh, code, I was wondering uh, if there is any uh, infrastructure already uh, for, uh, for a library, for a C library to grab one of the uh, timers and uh, use it for, for something else or PWM or, or, or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. um, not sure I understand the question. Um... The, the problem I have, so right now I have a software uh, a library written in C that uh, plugs into the system timer, the system mm -hmm. thing. Right. Uh, that scans the uh, 
LED matrix uh, to, to display uh, whatever it is there. Right. And the problem is that the system tick happens once every one millisecond. And that's not, that's, that's enough to just show on off uh, pixel, but not enough to do any, any right. kind of. I think this is, the, I think this is separate from the pixel buff thing that. Yeah. Well, you asked if there is anything. That... Yeah. Sorry. I meant, I meant for people to do it in the text chat oh, so that I could go I from one sorry. thing to another. <laughs> okay. So. So let's, we'll finish up Roy, and then I know there's yeah, a, a couple I, I people who have stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, Sorry. I think, I think we'll continue, to, or I'll run a vote in the channel afterwards, I think, for the constant name. Okay. Yeah, I, it sounds like value, luminance, intensity, glowiness are all. Um, <laughs> glowiness. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a tongue-in-cheek vote. Yeah, I guess it has the same problem as green. Like it matches up with green too. S for sparkliness. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Roy. I, I think the takeaway is that we're all okay with you picking some other letter. <laughs> yep. Okay. And whatever you feel like you want to do is is okay. Um, okay. Uh, let's go to. Deshipu, since he already started talking about what he's interested in. So my understanding is that um, needing a... Uh, <laughs> we don't need another abbreviation that's CP. Um, so... Tishipu, I think I think having another class that uses um, uses timers is totally fine. Okay, so I just need to uh, basically, but the, the question is: Is there anything in the uh, circuit pattern right now that manages the timer? Should I mark it somehow as used so that, uh, for instance, yeah, grab it? Yeah, the, there's the. There's a shared, there's a shared data structure for keeping track of what channels are in use, but in general for tracking wh whether something's in use or not, we just use the enable bit. Um, we actually use just the like peripheral. State. Oh, I see. So if I enable a timer, it's it's uh, basically mine. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's meant to be like so that you don't need a separate data structure. You just like if it's not available like if it's not enabled then it should be free but it's almost always true but um we might run into cases Excellent. where that's not okay that that makes things much simpler so i just need to read the data about how to configure a timer yeah and you could take a look at um like look in the peripherals library because there are some helpers there now too because we do have more than one like we have pwm out and we have pulse out that both use timers, so like there's some examples already to excellent, thank you to to use in those. Um, okay, and then I think Brennan was next, or no, Jeff. Jeff had something, and then Carter. So we'll do Jeff and then Carter. Unless he meant to say meme. 
he posted again. Okay, I'm just uh, too far up. Um, okay, Jeff says, I had an experience a couple of weeks ago where Metro M4 Express, the analog out object, would misbehave. The board would freeze when I tried to create a DAC for the A1 pin. This misbehavior would survive clicking the reset button, but would go away when I actually removed power from the whole board. What would not be reset by using the physical reset button? Only passives and some resistors were connected to the A0, A1 pins at the time. I think um, it would be worth checking that when we start up the first analog out, we actually do a software reset on the on the DAC itself. Um, I don't think necessarily that the peripherals get reset with the CPU. Um, yeah, I think I I think that a reset a, a, a Reset line reset only resets the core. It doesn't necessarily reset all the peripherals as well. So the code, um, it's always, yeah. Even even if you can't reproduce it, if you go in and see that it doesn't do the software reset when we start, uh, feel free to add it, even if you can't reproduce it. It's always just a good practice to know. It's it's always good to know exactly like what state the peripherals starting in, especially in the cases where we do all of the register banging ourselves. I missed the time code on that. Cool. Um, and then I'll get back to you on the uh, on the UART stuff too. Um, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Um, and then Carter. And and uh, Carter, hold on. If anybody else has topics, please let me know. What I'm gonna try to what I'm trying to avoid is like the dead air where I ask if anybody has anything else. So, uh, if you have something you want to talk about, just put it in the text chat while somebody else talks. Okay, go ahead, Carter. Yeah, I'm curious what uh, our current process, if we have one, is for kind of tracking drivers that need to be written or people are currently working on. Because remember, mm -hmm. a while back we had like a spreadsheet. Yep. And we could go in and you could see if if there wasn't an entry in the spreadsheet, then obviously it was missing. And then for places there was an entry, it could say like it's done and here's the Git repo or someone would throw in a name and say, oh, I'm going to work on it. Right. Uh, what's what's the current process? What do we currently have for that? I believe the current process is to create a circuit Python issue. Um, and we've got that particular label for drivers and libraries. OK. Um, I know there are a few there right now. Um, but that was my intention is that like before the repos created, it lives there and then it gets spawned out, um, after the repos made. Okay. So then I could go to the CircuitPython repo and just kind of search also. And if mm -hmm. the, basically if there is no issue, then, then no one's even touched or considered. I believe so. Yeah. That hardware. Okay. Yeah. So then just a sanity check. I thought this was kind of curious. I, I brought this. I asked this because I went looking for for this uh, TCA multiplexer, the I2C multiplexer. Okay. Is, is it true that no one's even? I've not heard of it. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, well, I would I, believe it. Sorry, I, I've been using it, but uh, it's so simple to use that I haven't used it. I like that. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be extremely simple, but you know, for the for what CircuitPython is trying to do, it, it'd be nice. I think we had a, a simple little helper library where it could 
people would do the obvious thing of like import TCA, TCA dot select. Yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of true. And also it would be nice to have a pin object that you could pass, for instance, a, mm. a display driver or something. So yeah. Yeah, it seems to me that like as an I squared C multiplexer, it could provide I squared C object or like device objects that are just like the bus device except work through the multiplexer. Does that make sense? Um, maybe. So like if you have a if you have a a sensor that we already support, like you should be able to just pass it in an object from the multiplexer and then the driver just work. Even though it's going through the multiplexer. Right. I I I need to my, I need myself to get back and familiarize myself with this thing because it may work in parallel. It's not like it actually goes through. It's like you just have you have two things you talk to. Like mm -hmm. once you talk to the TCA and say go to this channel, then you don't really have to worry about it. Then your your other object you just use like you normally would, hmm. even if the TCA weren't there. Right. So it's <laughs> kind of like an external muxer. Oh right, you like tell it I want to connect to this, and then you do the other thing. Right, and then you're done, and then you just start doing your other I2C communications like you normally would and the external muxer like physically routes it to something else hmm. yeah it would, still, it would still be nice to have this kind of uh, api for it because we we might find some other devices that work differently that would still be nice if it gave you even if it passed the same i2c object that it got in the first place but it would be nice if it returns an A2C object for you to use. Right. Okay. Right, uh, Radomir. So I'll go ahead and is are you cool if I create the issue? And it sounds like you got some great ideas on what this should be. If you can kind of yeah, like sure. comment, if you so comment I, on all this. I actually misunderstood you initially because I thought you were talking about a GPIO multiplexer, not an IT, like ITC I2C based GPIO multiplexer. Oh yeah, there goes that too. Huh. Yeah. So so but but yeah that, that works for it too. So Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about this thing I, I just linked. There was there's been a couple of forum posts where people have been hmm. asking about it. And also they've been asking about it for in relation to Circuit Python. Cool. And uh, and I thought like, oh yeah, no problem. Let me go show you the bundle. And then I was like, <laughs> wait, it's it's not in here. Yeah. And also I'm seeing absolutely no discussion about someone having this in work, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Okay, so we just do issues on the CircuitPython repo. Yeah, it's a start. That, that, that gets the ball rolling, and then at mm -hmm. some point, it just spins off into its own repo, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Okay, cool. And I would, I would say the goal is so that you can just use the existing drivers for a device just through it somehow. Okay, that'll be... We can capture all this in discussion over on the issue. Perfect. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, um, with that, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, I didn't see anybody other bring it up topics on the text chat. So so we'll wrap up. Um, this has been the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly. It happens every Monday morning uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Everybody is welcome to join it and let us know what you're working on. Uh, to join, you go to adafru.it slash discord. That will get into our discord ch chat. We're in the text chat pretty much all week. And then we're... Um, in the voice chat for the meeting itself. Um, if you didn't manage to catch it, um, you probably already figured out, but you can listen to this on YouTube 
it's youtube.com slash adafruit and there's a playlist that you'll you can find for the adafruit circuit python weekly this is number 47 i believe um and uh yeah i think that's it i don't think i missed anything else so uh, as always thanks everybody for making it and uh we'll see you all next week thank you everyone thanks y'all thanks bye later